This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. Are you kidding me? It's the end of September. Look at the forecast for this week. It's a great week for racing. It's winding down in our area, though. we got a whole lot to talk about nonetheless. Let's dive on in. A couple of great interviews. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. How about that guy, Josh Berry? This guy's already making a name for himself prior to his full-time season with JR Motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2022. He took advantage of a fill-in opportunity for Michael Lynette and went to Victory Lane Saturday night in Las Vegas. Nice job by Josh Berry. On the cup side, Denny Hamlin held off Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch to punch his ticket to the next round of the Cup Series playoffs. Now the Cup Series will move on to Talladega before taking on the Roval at Charlotte as the final race in this current round of the playoffs. Now, if Scott Menlin is listening, just give me a break because I don't know some of these guys. Rich, you can jump in too. Alex Palou, how'd I do? Close? Sounds good to me. All right, good. He claimed his first NTT IndyCar Series championship after driving a clean and clear race. That was even following a lap one incident in Sunday's Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. And how about Lewis Hamilton? He made history during Sunday's Russian Grand Prix with Formula One. The seven-time world champion became the first driver in the history of the series to win 100 Grand Prix. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, my friend. How you doing? At least you said Lewis Hamilton, right? Hey, I got good. Lewis. I can get Lewis. Uh, that one I can yep. Denny Hamlin. Yep, I'm good with that. Josh Berry. Those are easy. <laughs> yeah. Did you have fun this weekend? Hey, you know what? Uh, got a little time off from the racetrack. Had a wedding. Uh, I want to say congratulations to my friends Chris and Kirsten. They got married over the weekend. And uh, Chris, you've seen him run with the Great Lakes Super Sprints before. So uh, uh, congratulations to them. And uh, it was a fun weekend. Yeah. How about you? Um, it was it was nice having nothing to do with racing for the first time in six months. For sure, <laughs> something like that. Uh, not having to be somewhere, so it was a nice little break. I don't. I know we have some specials that that are coming up that uh, that we're going to be at. So it was nice to just have a little break. I did some golfing. Um, nice. Had a few Pepsi's. Yeah. So yeah, good weekend. It was a, it was a great weekend, really was. A lot of racing going on still in and around our area, including Rich, uh, down at a, a really nice facility in southern Indiana. Yeah, Zach, do you remember back in the spring when Brownstown Speedway had to cancel their uh, Indiana icebreaker because of track conditions? Classic. Remember they had all those cars flipping over? What a what a night. I will never forget sitting here just watching the mayhem unfold and knowing in the back of my mind there's no way they get this race in. 
Well, they didn't, but it, they did get it in, but it took them six months to do it. So uh, they, they had multiple, it took over six months for them to finish what they started back in March. But on Thursday evening, when action resumed uh, from the March delayed Indiana icebreaker, Brandon Shepard picked up where he left off uh, and raced to the $15,000 event win at Brownstown. The victory marked the second straight win in the event for Shepard and his 11th win of 2021. Shepard would start from the outside pole and cruise to the win, leading all 50 laps. Steve Casebolt, Devin Moran, Hudson O'Neill, and Jimmy Owens would round out the top five. And then on Saturday, it was the 42nd annual Jackson 100. Jimmy Owens and Devin Moran swapped the lead several times in the first 14 laps. In the end, it was Owens taking the win over Moran by a mere point zero. Seven nine seconds, Zach. I said point zero seven nine. The final fourteen circuits saw the two battle back and forth, with Moran actually grabbing the lead on lap eighty-eight. Uh, the two would battle side by side until Owens would re regain the top spot on lap ninety-three. But Moran wasn't done yet. He fought side by side to the end, coming up just short. The twenty thousand dollar win was Owens' seventy-seventh Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model victory. And, and, Zach, while we're on the subject of dirt late models, congratulations to friend of the program, Rusty Schlank, who picked up a win on Friday and bagged a nice $3,000 payday at Mod Mania at Tri-City Speedway in Illinois in his late model. And if you're a modified fan, Dean Hoffman picked up the big win for Mod Mania with a last lap pass of Timmy Hill to take the big $5,000 modified payday. Good weekend of racing on the dirt for sure, and a big weekend of racing coming up for the Template Late Models. It's the Algeyer Performance Parts Fall Brawl at Lucas Oil Speedway. Uh, this Or Lucas Oil Raceway, I should say. Indianapolis is where we'll be this Saturday night. It's the 8th point series event of the 2021 season for the Jag CRE All-Stars Tour. And, uh, of course, that goes all the way back to the season opener at Salem Speedway on April 25th. Uh, this is going to be a big weekend as the uh, playoffs continue, and you're going to have some drivers really looking to break through this weekend, including some drivers that you know pretty well. Cody Coughlin, the 2013, 16, and 2020 Series champion, comes into Saturday's event as the current Series points leader and also the regular season champion after the Birch Run Speedway race. That locks him into the final chase for the championship at Winchester Speedway on October 15th. How about Seneca Performance Rookie of the Year points contender Andrew Scheid? Second place in points after a career-high finish at Berlin Raceway, finishing second to Brian Campbell, uh, technically third in the race. That, remember, that was a ARCA Super Series and Jegs crossover event. And uh, I want to give a little shout-out to Andrew. This kid had a terrible 2021 season. I mean, absolutely terrible. His dad will admit it. He'll admit it. And they held on, Rich. They fought through. They made the chase. And now they're second in points and in contention for a Rookie of the Year. Uh, other drivers to watch include 2020, uh, 2020 Rookie of the Year, Chase Berta. He's third in series points, and Tanner Jack is fourth in the series points. He's the current Seneca Performance Rookie of the Year points leader. How about Dylan Bates, fifth, and rookie Brian Demlin, sixth. All those drivers in contention for a championship hunt as they run coming into the weekend. Also going to be in action this weekend. It's going to be a fun fall brawl at Lucas Oil Speedway. We'll have the uh, late model sportsman 
and Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stocks will be in attendance as well. So three great series. I believe that Lucas Oil will also have a couple of other divisions there, but you've got three really good CRA divisions getting set to unfold this Saturday. Lucas Oil Raceway is the place to be. More details available at cra-racing.com. Well, Rich, I'm going to make my portion of the show pretty easy. Uh, I'm going to bring in the ringer because I couldn't make it to the Owasso Nationals. You couldn't make it to the Owasso Nationals. Uh, but uh, Big Ed was there, and we welcome Big Ed into the program. Ed, man, how's it going? Hey, it's going great, man. Yeah, I was there. Heck, they even paid me to be there. <laughs> well, and uh, my understanding is you got to witness one heck of an Outlaw Super Late Model show. Tell me a little bit about the Owasso Nationals from where you were standing. Well, um, it, it was good. Now, um, as with any uh, racetrack this year, we probably would like to see a few more, but I'll tell you the 12 that we had were pretty stellar. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, um, I was a little surprised more, more, I would say when I found out that it was Chad Finley behind the wheel of that number 72, you know, Mickey sleds, uh, car that we've seen at uh, numerous other racetracks. It's like, wow, this should be interesting. And, uh, it was, uh, it, it was, I mean, uh, where he lined up and then how the feature started. Well, let's kind of go through it here a little bit. Um, Jimmy O. Smith started on the pole and he led the first lap of, of the 60 lapper until the young Chase Rosebro took the lead and tried to pull away. But on lap 17, the one and only caution flag of the 60 lap race would occur with uh, Todd Rosebrew getting into Jason Falber going into turn three and Falber did spin around. Um, but Jason would get a spot back. Fischl sent Rosebrew to the rear, and on the restart, Felber's tires weren't angry at all like we all thought they would be after that spin. And he stuck it on the inside of Chase and was able to get the lead, and, and it looked like he was going to start to pull away. And if you've ever been a fan of Owasso Speedway and uh, Felber gets the lead, usually it might be time to go to the concession stand, you know, because uh, <laughs> it's about over usually, you know. It, they get up in that high groove, and I'm, I speak of his father also. They run that track about the same way, that once they're up front like that, they're, they're tough to beat. And as I mentioned, there was no cautions at all, but we kept our eyes on the pack, and um, as we were watching, here come Kyle Crump, your fast qualifier, along with um, – uh, Chad right on the bumper pretty much, and they and they made their way through the field. And I think it was on lap 34 that uh, Crump moved up into third, and uh, Finley was glued, glued on the bottom, and he got by Crump on lap 38. And it looked like there was almost a half a track between him and Felber, and it was that he was probably safe for the lead. But it only took Chad eight laps to chase him down, one lap to get around him and take the lead on lap 46. And he had almost a half a track lead when he crossed the finish line at lap 60. That number 72 was flying around the Lockwood Speedway. They were not used to, glued to the bottom, too, while everybody else was up high. And uh, Chad, won, Chad won his first nationals. Um, Crump, uh, Felber held on for second. Crump was third. Harold Fair Jr., fourth. And Matt Frazier was fifth. Now, i got to ask you this, Ed. Uh, you, you mentioned the low car count, but it sounds like still one heck of a show, and, and not to mention Chad Finley. Uh, he's been, obviously, we know this. We know that in the show that he's a dirt guy now for the most part. Um, he actually told me one time, he's like, yeah, you know what? I kind of favor the dirt, uh, the dirt stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'll race pavement again. And, well, he did, and <laughs> he did a pretty darn good job at it. Yeah, very good job. I, I've got a few questions for him along those lines, too, because it's uh, 
it just uh, made a lot of people scratch their head. I'm going to be honest, and if Chad's listening, I apologize. But as we looked at the field coming out on on the field, coming out on the racetrack, I don't know that I ever thought that you know we see Felbert and and look at the year Kyle Crump's had, you know. And I was thinking that it's going to be between them two is what I was pretty much thinking. And I, I didn't know that he would be such a serious threat, let alone just whoop him the way he did. Man, it was very impressive. And I was able to watch the race on social media. And um, we won't say who who ta- who, uh, <laughs> who broadcasted it, but it looked, it looked to me like Chad spent the first half of the race saving those tires. Um, did it look like that to you too? Yeah, if, if that's indeed what he was doing. Um, uh, but I think a few of them were thinking probably along them same lines, too. Um, it is only 60 laps. I mean, I know that you still need tires, you know, toward the end. And a lot of can chew on them. That is some older pavement. Um, but I don't think that he was saving them any more than Kyle Crump was because he was running right with Kyle Crump in the early stages of the race as they were just ticking off some laps there, the, the first half of it or so. But um to show the speed that he showed the second half of the race, unlike any other car there, it was almost like he had nitro and no one else did. All right, Ed, we know it was more than outlaws that were there. I want to give you a chance to shout out some of your other uh, divisions that, that race at Owasso on a regular basis and that were part of the Owasso Nationals. What else did you see during the Nationals this weekend? Well, we had a um, very nice field of modifieds. We had 23 of them. We started them all in their 50-lap feature, and, man, did they put on a show – um, the unfortunate part for, for well, what we thought for all the fans at Owasso Speedway is Blake Rowe drew the pole. <laughs> now, anybody that's been watching him or has ever watched him at Owasso, they, the big groan came out like, oh, man, you know, he's going to start on the pole. Here we but go again, right? Really going caution-free made it very interesting, very interesting, because he caught the tail of the field kind of quick, and he had to negotiate traffic. And... There was a part, like, with about 15 laps to go where it looked like the start of the race, only it was fourth place Nick Lakota that was going through turn two, and fifth to 15th, nose to tail, with lap cars all in between them, with Blake Rowe catching them at the very end, and then Josh Ware and Curtis Spencer coming close to catching him. It looked, it just looked crazy. The whole field was created, and Blake had to try to drive through all that to get his victory, in which he did too. It continued caution-free, and even though someone that fast was starting on the pole, it was probably one of the more exciting races that we've seen all afternoon there at Owasso. But uh, I think that was his second, it could be his third um, Nationals modified title. Um, Ware did great to hold on to second, so did Curtis Spencer for third. Nick Lakota was fourth, and Steve Sadison held off the world for a fifth-place finish. You know, uh, Ed, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Blake Rowe, obviously coming off the Glass City 200 win. Um, he's having a huge couple of weeks, huh? Huge year, you know, a hot shoe win. Um, he's, the way he's competed at Berlin and other divisions, I mean, if, 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 if we've had down horsepower happening. He's a well-spoken young man. If, he, if he's not one to watch in a couple of years coming up, I, I don't know who is in the state of Michigan when it comes to asphalt racing. Okay. Uh, real quick here, let's uh, let me give out a shout out to the winners of our other divisions, real quick, uh, and especially Lonnie Sawmere Jr. He completed an undefeated season in the Pure Stock Division division at the Owasso Speedway this year. We ran ten feature races for their division. He won all ten. This last one, though, he didn't get the lead till lap thirty-six of forty, and it was so well contested. 
but nine out of 10 of them wins were all the same way. But hats off to Lonnie Sawmere Jr. for an undefeated season at Pure. In any division, you can do that at a track. I, I, you know, you got to tip your hat to that gentleman. Um, in our um, sportsman division, young Ryan Cords got the win. He had to battle hard with a, a past champion from uh, two different years, Tom Stone. Uh, but he took the lead on lap 37 of that and a 40 lapper and uh, went on to the win. Um, got a couple guys that finished first and second in the modified front, front wheel drive feature. Didn't make it through post race inspection. So Blake Gokey won his first ever one, a young 14 year old did. And um, he was followed across the line by Pat Denton, Dale Spencer. In the stock front wheel drive class, it was Robert Hankinson over Corbin Kelly in that one. And one final note, our flagman at Dixie Speedway and Owasso Speedway, Rowdy Nate Rowe, jumped behind the wheel of one of the American trucks, went out and set fast time, and won his first feature in over four years. So hats off to Nate Rowe. Well, it looks like a good time was had by all uh, at the Owasso Speedway this weekend. And on the phone lines now, we have the winner of the Outlaw Late Model 60 Lap Feature event, uh, makes his home in St. John's, Michigan. Chad Finley, welcome into Horsepower Happening. Hey, man, it's good to be back. Thanks for man, having me. And tell me, um, we had a talk before we get into this weekend. We had a talk a few weeks ago, and I asked you if you missed pavement racing, and you said no. Were you lying to me? Uh, I don't know if I was lying. I just might not have been telling the full truth. <laughs> so now, did you, did you know back then that you were going to have a ride for this weekend? No, this literally happened. Uh, so I think I... I got on Facebook Wednesday or something and said, Hey, you know, I'm trying to find something to drive this weekend. And I was half heartedly, you know, like kind of joking about it. And then my dad seen it and he went right to work on it. So I think within like 15 minutes, I had something to drive. So that's pretty cool. Now, Chad, I want to, I want to preface this a little bit. I know that there are people that listen to our show that could have been introduced to you when you went to the trucks, that could have been introduced to you in your ARCA career, could have been introduced to you in your young career. But I think there are a lot of fans who know you for your time in a dirt late model. What is your experience like? Um, I'm going to narrow it down. What is your experience with Outlaw Super Late Models prior to last weekend? So I actually started racing Outlaws when I switched from uh, Go. It was two times. I started in Outlaws at age 13 at Owasso Speedway. And I drove a 1989 Howe car that my father drove, and so did my uncle. And that's what I started out in, and then we kind of moved up to the ASA series and went arc racing and went truck racing. So uh, that's actually where I started my outlaw career at was there, so that was pretty cool. Now, we kept Ed Inlows on the line. This is something that we haven't ever done, I don't think, on Horsepower Happenings. And, uh, Ed, I know you got a couple of questions brewing there for this young man that you didn't get a chance to talk to down trackside. Well, yeah, you, you kind of touched on it there a, a little bit, uh, Zach, to be honest with you. And because in the interviews that I've heard on Horsepower Happening, I, I think that most of the people do know you from dirt these days, you know. And back when you were 13, I remember watching you at Owasso. And uh, back then, Spartan, of course, Corrigan Oil Speedway these days, cutting your teeth and stuff. I, I w that's what I was – I was wondering how, how much – you know, if you could share with people all your asphalt experience a little bit, the, the ARCA, the truck, because I don't think a lot of the listeners that listen to this uh, are, are, are not that familiar with you and, and just with the dirt side of it. Yeah, so I started out in uh, go-karts and, like, I think I was 13 or, no, I was 11. I started go 
2006 or something like that. And uh, a lot of older than that, I guess. But anyways, so I started out in go-karts and I went to the outlaw cars, racing around, uh, you know, Spartan and Owasso a couple times out to Dixie. And then I got hired to drive for uh, BKR in 2009 and that was in the Arca series. And I did that for two years. And I came back home and I started racing uh, CRA cars from 2011 to 2016, really. And then I almost won that snowball derby in 2016. We led like 150 laps and we're leading with 20 to go. And my motor broke. And that kind of broke my heart. And then I started racing after that. And then I just got away from asphalt racing um, at the end of 2018. I think I might have ran a truck race too in 2019, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, kind of all runs together and everything. But then I started dirt racing. I started dirt racing in like 2015, but I only raced like two or three times in 2014, actually. 2015, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I didn't do any dirt racing in 2015, 2016, or 2017. So um, I've just been dirt racing, and I'm out to Sparta a couple times this year, and seeing the outlaws there, kind of got the itch, but didn't really tell nobody about it, and I was able to get one this weekend. Now, uh, I, I think... Go ahead. Go, well, and I was going to say now with the with the lineup there that you've got uh, for those who who don't remember or kind of go back, you kind of fell in love with dirt track racing when you finally got a chance to run it more than just a couple of times a year, and uh, you you set out with some pretty ambitious goals for dirt late model racing, and I think for the most part you've started to accomplish them, but I think the question is there now that you've dabbled back in into the pavement world, Chad Finley, uh, and of course it comes at the end of a season. What are you thinking, man? Uh, what, what, uh, where, where's your heart lie now? So when this came about, uh, you know, like it was, it, I was interested in doing it. Um, I was more, I was actually pretty nervous about it just cause I haven't been in an asphalt car in so long. And, and, um, I just wasn't sure. So like going into the weekend, you know, is it going to be a one and done thing? And, and we went and won and we ran well. And, uh, so I think I'm going to do something next year. I think you'll see me do maybe five to, Seven driving the seventy-two car again is something we've already talked about. Um, I'm, there's a couple of tracks I want to go race that I haven't been in in a long time. So you'll probably see me out to Spartan, maybe Dixie once or twice, and then uh, I don't know. You know, I, I just want to have any fun I can. Um, I feel like there's a pretty cool opportunity there to do something that that there's not anybody doing right now, and that's you know to run ass in their car and and be successful at both. Um, other than Kyle Larson is the only one that's doing it, obviously. So <laughs> I think it's a really cool opportunity. It's something I've thought a lot about over the last two or three days, and that's something I want to do next year. Ed, your reaction? <laughs> um, but, and, and, you know, I think it's cool because in way back when, when I was a kid, a lot of the drivers would go back and forth. Okay. They even use the same cars, believe it or not, at, at, at asphalt or dirt tracks and then go back and forth. But nowadays, try to name me one driver, besides Kyle Larson, that you can, that has success on, on both surfaces like that. Chad, you're, you're starting a group all of your own here, I believe, young man. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want to do. You know, my whole uh, family's in the Hall of Fame. They've done a lot of things. I'm never going to be able to win, like, 200 features like my dad did on asphalt or anything like that. But um, I think this year we cracked 20 dirt wins, 20 or 22. So that's pretty cool to do that already. And um, it's just something I want to do, man. You know, like, I want to go on an island and kind of do my own thing. I want to I want to have fun. So um, there was times this year where I wasn't really having any fun. And, and I really thought about just retiring and being done. So um 
it's something I want to do. I mean, I love outlaw racing. That's the best form of asphalt racing our state has to offer. And I, I've always felt that way. I love how they drive and downforce and the speed. So it's something I'm really looking forward to, to try and do next year. I don't know how many years I'll do it, but um, I love outlaw cars. And, and I got a good opportunity with good people behind me. And, and, you know, I think you're only as good as people you surround yourself with. That's what my dad taught me from a young age. So I think there's a better group to go racing with. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, Chad, let's talk about this weekend real quick. Um, I, I was able to, I, I told the guys, uh, you know, I was able to w- watch some of the race on social media. It, you started deep in the field, but it looked like you weren't in a, in a hurry to get to the front. You were, it, looked, it looked to me like um, you were just trying to get the halfway before you, you kind of started using up those tires. Is that about right? Ah, I, the caution come out there on lap 13. I looked up and I was like, well, heck. Their racer is at 25 laps. I got plenty of time to get to the front, you know. So um, I just kind of laid low. Them guys were beating their tires up a lot. And uh, there's just some things I learned. Like, I was honestly, like, super surprised. Like, I feel like I'm a better asphalt racer now after being on the dirt. And there were some things I learned with my, like, foot and stuff, what I could do to maybe keep tires underneath me a little bit longer than everybody else did. And um, believe it or not, the last time I ran there was 2014 CRA car, and I started ninth. And I also I won that race, too. And, um, I went back and watched that the other night and there's, I mean, I won the race driving away, but there were some moves I did where I'm like, man, you should have waited a couple more laps to do this or man, you should have went to the bottom right there. And, and I actually applied it this weekend. So I'm always trying to learn and get better. And I thought like that helped me do that. I was watching you, um, you know, you were, it seemed like you were working the bottom quite a bit and it was working for you. You get into second and Felver's out there. He's got a huge lead. But, man, it did not take you long to track him down. No, so I looked up at the scoreboard when I got to second, and I seen there was, like, 22 to go or something. And I knew I had a better car at that point, and um, I was just trying to be patient. Like, even when I got to Jason, I went to the top and saved my tires for a little bit, let my tires cool back down so I could get back by him. So uh, that was really fun. I haven't raced with Jason in a long time. Um, I got to race with my buddy Kyle Crump, and Kyle texted me Thursday. I was at Travis Eddy's shop, and um, – he texted me and said he's going to kick my butt and stuff. So I let him know about it, and I let him know about it on Sunday too because uh, I actually heard Johnny Van Dorn was on your guys' show a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about Kyle ran a race at Berlin in, like, 2013. He was talking about, like, you know, the equipment he had, and I was actually helping Kyle at that point. So I've known Kyle a long time. I have a lot of respect for him. He's a really great race car driver, and it was really fun to get a race again this weekend. I want to bring up uh, the point that you said about how you believe racing dirt made you a better payment car driver, and that's not something that we uh, – that's not a rare thing that we hear, right? We hear people talk about that quite a bit, where if they get a chance to do swap seat, um, that they believe it makes them better. Now here's a good – here's a question I'm I'm wondering. I hope that you'll be able to uh, get a chance to to inform us later. Do you think going back to an Outlaw Super Late model will give you anything to take back to your – dirt car super late model good question uh yes and no like I mean, they drive completely different but you just got to be patient anymore you know and it, it's very hard to be patient in dirt racing um asphalt races are usually longer so it's very easy to be patient but i don't know man you know i've i've done both for so long and and um i feel like i became a better asphalt racer because of dirt racing um as far as asphalt racing, maybe health hunter. I think, yes, when races are longer, you know, like the wood pick and stuff like that, and run the world outlaw race for a little bit longer. So 
I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, like I, I want to be the best I can be and do what I can do for as long as I'm doing it. So that's a, that's the goal here. Um, I guess one thing I'm curious of here also, Chad, is uh, as you're sitting in the shoot, you, you mentioned your win at Owasso there in the CRA car and uh, um, the 20-some dirt wins that you have already achieved. Um, and all the other big tracks you ran with the ARCA and the other divisions that you ran, um, I know that this was just the Owasso Nationals, and uh, you lined up with some of the best in the business, even though there was 12 of them. Um, I'm just curious, uh, right now, where's this rank with you? You know, I, I know that you you reminded me that you had one in Owasso Nationals titles before. Although it was in a front wheel drive, I didn't remember. But, you know, this is your first super national title. I'm just curious in your mind right now, kind of where's that rank, considering you haven't done on asphalt in such a long time? It's up there. Like, it's it's top three. Um, and the only reason is, man, is because we got there on Friday, and and um, I went to back the car up, and the rear end broke. And so we were sitting there, and we all decided we weren't going to race. And um, I was actually getting ready to go home. I was going to get in my truck. And I'm like, I want to look at this rear end one more time, you know, and make sure there's nothing we can fix. And I started pulling apart, and then uh, Travis was over helping some of his customers. And he came up and said, hey, man, what are you doing? And, and I you know, he started helping me, and then he called his dad for some advice, and, and we decided to race. So um, I think we got the thing fixed with, like, 10 minutes left of practice. Um, I got out and ran six laps, and, I mean, it was like I never left it. So um, I was really excited. I felt like if I could get comfortable inside the car, that we had a car that could win the race. Um, the seat was Mickey's seat, so it was pretty big, and I'm a short guy. So we had to move pedals, like – I mean, I don't think we ever worked on the race car. We just spent time getting me comfortable and to where I could go 60 laps because it was very, very, very uncomfortable to start. And you know, we got the, I think we've got four inches of padding in the seat to start the race and had to shim myself up about two inches out and up. And then my head was hitting the roll bar. So I had to put padding on the roll bar and then it was hurting my head during the race. So I had to hold my head over to the side. So I was battling a lot in, you know, just inside the car, but it definitely means a lot just because, you know, uh, Kyle's so good. He's won so many races this year that are big. Um, Felber always wins at a while, so it feels like. And uh, compared to you, you know, everything that Harold's done in this sport. So it ranks up there. Like, when I got out of the car, you heard me scream, let's go, because I was pumped, man. You know, it's uh, there was a time in that race where I think I was going to win it. And I kind of fell back, picked the wrong lane, thought I put myself in a hole there. And, I felt like if Kyle got by me that I might not be able to get back by him. But um, oddly enough, all those guys passed all the cars in front of him on the bottom and they all went to the top and it just blew my mind that no one tried to stay on the bottom. And it takes a lot of discipline there um, just to run the bottom. It's, you know, it's very, very, very difficult because the track's so worn out and it's so rough. But I felt like once I got my uh, timing right, you know, where I need to be with my pedals and everything like that, I got, felt like we were really good. So. I feel like, too, uh, your experience in dirt, I mean, was that track actually rough compared to some of the things you've done in the dirt car? It was funny. I went and talked to Dan Leak right before the race. I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to bring an outlaw car. He's like, oh, this is too rough. I'm like, man, you need to go dirt race. This ain't nothing. And uh, I didn't think it was rough. You know, like that's what makes good race, and that's one of the only tracks in our state that you can run side-by-side with on asphalt. So, uh I love that place. I know how to run that place. I've been racing there since I was, uh, you know, since I was a teenager. So um, I haven't been there in seven years, and I, I was fortunate enough to get back to Virginia Lane, and I won the last two I raced there. So that's pretty cool. 
Now, Chad, inside 20 laps to go, you work the bottom. You get by Felver. Uh, did you think he had anything left? Because what I saw after that, you just really rather go away from him. Yeah, so when I got to second, um, I was just thinking about that CRA race I ran. I was running down Quinlan, and I kept showing him my nose. And I've learned this dirt racing, too. You don't ever show your nose till you're ready to make a pass. So I just kept trying to get to his quarter panel, you know, to where I could get even with him through through one and two. And I got to his quarter panel there, um, excellent four. And I was like, well, this is my time. If I, if I hit one and two perfect, I should be, you know, side by side off of two with him. And I got even with him off of two. And I was like, this is it here, you know. So um, I didn't want to show my nose too early. I didn't want to make the move too early and him get to the bottom because he did pass everybody on the bottom until he got to the lead. So um, I feel like our car was just better at that point, um, you know. And and that's kudos to Travis Eddy and Tyler Warwick because we literally got nine laps of practice before we raced. Um, so the car was really good. I felt like if I could ever get, you know, like fully comfortable inside the car, I felt like we could win the race. So that was really cool. Um, and I raced side by side with Jason there for four or five laps. That was really cool, too. Now, when we talk about, as Ed asked, where this race ranks for you, I'm wondering about what it means to you and the fact that you think about all that your dad did, Jeff Finley, and, and everything that he did in pavement racing and how much he's respected. Uh, and then you kind of broke that mold by going dirt track racing. Obviously, you accomplished a lot on the pavement side before you did that. Do you think about your dad when you come back and, and put on a clinic like you did? I mean, I'm going to call it putting on a clinic because of what you did, chasing those guys down and then pulling away late. Uh, do you think about him and, and his legacy when you're getting back behind the wheel of an outlaw car like that? Yeah, um, I just want to make my dad proud. That's all I do with the race. So uh, he'd come up to the side of the car there after the race when I was getting everything off. And so that reminded him of himself a long time ago. And, and uh, him and Tim Felber had a lot of great battles. So that was that was kind of a throwback there. So that was really cool. But um, I mean, so I'll much so that you made a post about did. that, right? You posted on social media yeah. about, about that. Yeah, I, mean, I have so much respect for everybody I race. And I know sometimes it doesn't seem like that or things get taken out of context, but I really do. I have so much respect for almost all the guys we race. So, uh, that was really cool. Um, hopefully we do it again next year, like I said. So, but yeah, my dad's won so many races and, uh, so is my uncle and, and they both done so much though. I think it is harder to get the victory lane today than it was 20 years ago, just because everybody's so much smarter. Everybody's got so much better stuff. And there's so much more technology, you know, to everybody that's available. So it's harder to win now than it ever has been. So that was really special to me. And to have my dad there and have my daughter there, that was really cool, too. Ed, any closing thoughts from you for our guest, Chad Finley? Well, I just want to say that uh, to, uh, to Chad that for, for, yeah, I might be on this side of the fence as far as the media goes, but I'm a race fan, too. And watched your family race for a long time and I've kind of waited them eight years to be able to interview you in victory lane also and uh, to be able to be down there and I could tell when you were in the car and getting out of the car and with your wife and kid and your dad on there that that was one big emotional victory for you yeah I mean, anytime anytime you win it's special and to to be off asphalt for three years like I was and and to come back and win the first time out and you know everything we had to overcome Friday and even Saturday and I was how uncomfortable I was but um that really meant a lot I was really happy to get Tommy and Tommy and Mickey Meyer back in Berkeley Lane because it's been a while for them too and, and obviously you know Tommy's accomplished so much in this 
sport. So uh, that was really cool to have him there. And um, I just, I'm so appreciative that you know had the opportunity to do it. Um, it was a last minute deal, and I'm so thankful to Mickey for letting me drive his car. You know, it's hardly anybody you know drive your stuff nowadays because you never know what's going to happen. So for him to let me do that, um, that was really cool and. It, it was fun, man. You know, that's the first time. I haven't had a lot of fun this year at certain times of the year, and, and, and that's the most fun I've had in a long time. So that's why I want to do it next year because it's something my family enjoys, and, and my dad loves it. And my wife is always bugging me to go asphalt racing. So it was uh, it, it was cool to have them there and, and have that time together. So, you know, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead I'll go, I was just going to say, Chad, you know, everybody knows – um, my affiliation with pavement racing and, and now, you know what you've done when we go back next year to our, to our dirt guys, they're going to give us a hard time. You know that now. So it's actually funny. Uh, Stemler was there Saturday. He was walking around the pits, passing out flyers and stuff. Was he and, really? You know, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he was there and there was a couple guys from Colin Thurlby's crew that was there too. And, um, you know, like Travis and I have had our ups and downs this year and, and he came over and said, man, that was really cool. And he's like, you know, I'm honestly impressed with you did. So, I mean, that was cool just to get a little bit of that from the dirt guys, you know. Um, but it was cool, man. I don't, I don't know what else to say or that it was really cool. And I can't wait to do it again next year, hopefully. And I think that it is interesting that, you know, while the drivers themselves aren't doing it a lot, Chad, there is quite a bit of crossover. Uh, I, I think of uh, somebody else with uh, Dennis Craft Construction. We saw Dennis at, at Spartan. Uh, running his stuff earlier this year, and of course he's a big supporter with uh, Dona Marcoulier, so there's crossover there. As you said, Travis was there handing out flyers. I think that uh, I think we're seeing a lot more of just race fans and race car drivers being race fans when they get an opportunity to. It doesn't really matter the surface as much anymore. You're going to have your purists everywhere, uh, but I think that's cool to see the crossover like that. Yeah, it is, and I, I think a lot of it's got to do with Kyle Larson and what you know. Everything, everything he's doing all the time, bouncing back and forth between asphalt and dirt. I, I, I think he's really changed the sport. Um, he's got way more eyes on dirt track racing than I've ever been out before, which is cool for all of us. And uh, I actually heard a guy, he referred to me, whoever filmed the video this weekend called me a dirt racer beating up on the asphalt guys. So I started <laughs> asphalt racing. I'll always be an asphalt racer to start. So, um, yeah, I look forward to it. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, and I think anytime you can – sit behind a wheel or race car, I think you're only going to get better. It doesn't matter what it is. Chad Finley, uh, Ed, I know you got one last thing there, and then we'll wrap it up with Chad. Yeah, just wanted to say that Owasso Speedway considers you one of our own. You know, that's your home track as far as we're concerned. So that's with the dirt guys all you want. Let them know where your home track is, Chad. That's right, man. And it, it was good to be home this weekend and, and uh, get back to victory lane there. Chad Finley, normally he's behind the wheel of the Auto Value Parts Store's number 42 dirt late model. Uh, I guess normally is relative uh, in these days because he picked up the win in the Auto Value Parts Store's number 72 over the weekend at Owasso. Chad, congratulations, man. Nice job. And uh, I don't know, you got anything left on the schedule? Will we see you anywhere soon? Yeah, I'm actually going to pull into my uh, friend's house. We're going to Florence this weekend. We're going to run the fall thing. They got it's like a two-day show, so we're leaving uh, Wednesday. So we're going to go run that dirt race down there, and, and that'll be it. We'll start to work on the 72, get it ready for next year, and we'll get all of our dirt cars ready, and we'll probably be racing sometime around probably March. Chad Finley is going to be a guy to watch in 2022, and Chad, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, man. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good night. 
Well, we had a lot of fun last week bringing our friend Gary Lindahl back into the program, Rich France, and it's time to go over the answers for Did You Know? Well, okay, let's start with number one. You know, we, we I, I gave a big hint last week. Let's, you sure did. And the guy, and nobody got it right. They missed. So we'll get to that one in a minute. But let's go with question number one, Zach. They call this outlaw super late model driver the gentleman. And uh, I was Rand, out to Rand, I was I was out to lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, Rand Thompson he, he kind of had two, but I know which one Gary was picking, which was thinking about, and Rand got this one right. It was Dave Stayhauer. Uh, so, Dave Stayhauer to answer the question number one. Now, would you have got what? that? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. Very I knew good. that. I knew, I knew that one without even googling it. Good for so, you, because I work with Gary, so I knew that. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Question number two: Mark Mead could really wheel this type of car, and what was his car number? Well, uh, one of our fans, Glenn, uh, came close. He had the first part right: sprint cars. But Glenn said guest number 43, and Mark Mead drove the number 42. Oh, darn it. <laughs> Very close. So, so, so yeah, so so Glenn came close. Uh, I'm going to have to take Gary's word for that one because I did not know that one now for the, sure. Now, the next two, uh, no, number three, I thought, what a fun question, and nobody took a run at it, but really kind of a creative question from, from our friend uh, Gary there. Yeah, at, at first one he's given us like this, and it's kind of, you know, first you would say, what kind of question is that? And then you think about it, and it's like, that's a pretty fun question, Yeah. right? Yeah. So the fun question, number three, a train could really use this northern Michigan driver's name. And I wouldn't have gotten, I, I definitely wouldn't have gotten it right. The answer, Rail Rokas. Now, Rail Rokas. And go ahead. I'm going to let you. Well, I was just, uh, you know, obviously my my history with the Rokas name only goes as far as uh, Hot Rod Joe Rokas. But uh, obviously there's some connection there. You would think so. How many Rokas can be in the state of Michigan and involved in racing as well? I'm, I'm thinking it has to be father, grandfather, uncle, something along those lines. We'll have to ask Joe next time we see him. We should bring Joe um, on the show and just ask him about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. We could do that. Okay, number four, we had a guy, we had a couple people uh, take a run at this one, but uh, we didn't have anybody come up with the win, so let us know. Yep, so what Hall of Fame driver won the very first Harvest 100? Now, this is Hall now, of Fame late model driver, right? Late model driver, yes, because the Harvest 100 is a late model race. So we had, we had a fan guess, uh, take a guess, and he said Andy Bozell. That would not be correct, it's although a, fair, a very good guess. Fair guess. I mean, if you're going to take a swing at one, you might as well use Andy. <laughs> if, you, if you pick any late model race uh, in the past 25 or 30 years, just say Andy Bozell. You probably got a 50-50 shot. You got a good chance. Time or two. Yeah. Now, who, but, who actually was it? it? Well, and I gave the hint <clears throat> that he has won the Glass City 200 back-to-back. And uh, the answer is Steve Sovey. Steve Sovey won. That would have went over my head. That would have yep, went well, right over my head. Well, because you're my dirt buddy, and, and Steve Sovey <sighs> yeah. is the pavement guy, so you wouldn't have known that. Gary, can you give me – throw me a freaking bone here. Uh, give give me give a him, Give him some – give him a quiz. <laughs> give, give my buddy Zach here a question from Butler Motor Speedway maybe from in, his time there. From like 2000 on, okay? Uh, maybe that would be something I could answer. Uh, 
Gary. Always appreciate him taking some time to be a part of Gary Did You Know. And uh, fans, we appreciate you being a part of Gary Did You Know as well. Uh, look for that. The uh, third week of the month is typically when you'll see that Gary Did You Know come through with those questions. And uh, go back and listen. We've had it for a better part of the summer now. And there's some really good information in there as well. It's fun. It's really fun, Zach, you know, um, and that's why Gary wanted to get involved. He, he used to do this for years, uh, you know, with the Mark Times, and I'm glad he came back to work with it, you know, to, to do this and, and, and reinvigorate the quiz. And after you see of several months of them, you kind of see a pattern on how he does it, and it's really fun. Now, we're not going to lie. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Gary. Did you know? We're not going to lie, Rich. You and I took the weekend off. There was plenty of racing to be had this weekend, as we mentioned, including – the Super Shoe Nationals. Now, I've never been to Super Shoe. Have you ever experienced the uh, all-weekend party that is Super Shoe Nationals? Um, multiple years in a row, yes. Probably eight or nine years in a row, maybe ten years in a row. Tell me so, yes. Tell me your take from, from Super Shoe. What is this event like if nobody's ever been? Oh, it's wild. Um, Saturday, back-to-back nights with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of campers um this show we cannot explain what goes on at the super <laughs> show we got to keep it pg i can't <laughs> yes because there is there is nothing at the super shoe that is pg rated except for the racing on track now uh gary howe uh, posted on facebook a couple of statistics super shoe 34 he says quote was golden Thank you to the fans. The 225 race teams are beatdown employees in the entire zoo family. That's a quote from Gary uh, Howe, of course, the uh, owner-promoter of Kalamazoo Speedway. And uh, that was the best I could do was follow along with that over the weekend. 30 races, 8 features on Sunday. Uh, just, just, I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg of what they do over the weekend. Racing racing is almost like the uh, the secondary entertainment, from what I understand. I, I really have to give give a shout out to our buddy Jason Seltzer because that is a that is a weekend where you and and I understand he 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 now he gets some help. He used to do this thing and do all those races, and I even went up there and, and called a couple races a few years back and um, really enjoyed it. Um, and and I I really employ anybody if if you're a pavement race fan and you love camping and you love a party and you have never been to the Super Shoe Nationals, that is a place for you. Absolutely. You must try it. Absolutely. If, if only once, go once, because you may not have enough energy to go back again. <laughs> but it is a it is a really fun time, and you, and you know what? Um, it's, it's people from all different racetracks, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, and um, it really is a good time. It really is a good time. Well, they talk about the racing that is had there, and so uh, I suppose, Rich, we might as well talk about the racing that was had there as well. And uh, out of all the cars that were there, all the divisions of racing, one guy stood atop of uh, everything at the end, and we've got him on the phone now. Jeff Gannis joins us. Jeff, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Man, uh, I don't know where to start when you look at a weekend like Super Shoe, and, and I guess maybe that's where we do start. For those who've never experienced the uh the just <laughs> atmosphere of super shoe take me inside a little bit explain to me what super shoe is for those who've never been oh man it's just a weekend uh of just great people you get to get to hang out with all your because like like a normal night of racing you don't really talk to no, nobody much and super shoe you're there with them all weekend and you get to just sit there and 
shoot the shoot the shit and uh, have a good time and talk to people you don't necessarily talk to very often throughout the year and it's just like kind of like a farewell tour to uh, seeing everybody and it's a good time. Now this is not a normal format of a weekend, right? This is uh, let it all hang out, bring your best, uh, run what you brung type of thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's you got to run eight inch wheels, and uh, the the weight rules are pretty much the same. But it's just it's just just a fun time, and we really enjoy going. It just seems like the last few years that you don't get as many good outlaw cars there there was i mean a lot of the cars in that a feature were good but it just seems like every every year it seems like i don't know if nobody wants to come or what but it seems like it gets a little bit a little bit less but it, for the most part it was a good it was a good definitely some good competitors out there now jeff i've always noticed when you get to that final race that a main um if you're fast you got a long way to go usually uh, because they make sure that you start deep in the field. You had to do the same thing, and you had to be awfully patient, uh, I would say, the first uh, 15 or 20 laps. Yeah, sure. Um, honestly, I thought it was going to be 75 laps because that's what it usually is, but they got the race, the race receiver there, started the race and said, hey, you know, we're going 50 laps. And I thought, oh, I didn't know that. So, you know, <laughs> we had to – we had to get a little bit more aggressive in the beginning because, you know, there was there were some good cars out there, and you you, you got to be into the front because I mean it's hard to it's hard to pass a guy that is pretty equal to you if you let him get by you. So, yeah, and what I noticed by your patience is you had some you, you came across a couple of cars that were running side by side, and um, you you kind of had no choice but to kind of let them sort it out for themselves before you know you could continue on sure yeah and uh yeah pretty much the game plan like we knew when we unloaded friday that we were pretty good like our times our times weren't the greatest we i think we were only third quick but i mean it i don't know it ended up being like the car stayed good like we thought it would so we came out in the better end now, when we're talking about this super shoe, uh, w- with the competition that you have there, uh, I mean, how much different are these cars? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to process, how do you outlaw an outlaw car even further? <laughs> I mean, what sort of changes are you making to these things for this special show? Well, you, they, got a, they don't have a left side rule, so you can, you can put more left side weight in the car. And you take the roof and windows off. You got a little sideboard, which the sideboard helps you turn to the center. And for the most part, there we're going about the same speed, maybe a little bit faster than like a full dress outlaw car. But we're on eight inch wheels. You know, I mean, it all it all kind of equals out. I mean, it's a completely different setup. But and and that was what I was wondering. Time. I mean, do, can you take any of your notes from earlier in the season, or is this just a completely unique breed of racing? Well, no, it's it's definitely a, a different breed of racing. But we had some notes we built on because we won the Super Shoe in seventeen and eighteen, and then in nineteen we we were quick time, and then it got rained out. And then twenty we didn't. Rain. So we had some notes to build off of, and I. And we went with a bit different strategy. We were on a little bit different tire than everybody, but 
than most of them, but we knew like going into it that, that the tires we chose to, to run, we thought would race better, but I didn't think they did have the speed as the, the other one, but it worked out for us. And Jeff, with the success you've had there, you know, in the super shoe and, and really everywhere you, you've won big, you're no stranger to winning big outlaw races all around our area, man, when you roll in there, you just got to have confidence. Um, that's just unbelievable from the, from minute one. No. And, and honestly, we don't take nothing for granted. Like we go in there and we're, we're just the same Joe as the other guy. I mean, in, when you, when you have a little bit of history going into the race, it, it, it does help. It boosts you, but it puts more uh, weight on your shoulders too. You know, you know, everybody's going to expect you to win. So at the end of the day, it's like, well, I better get my job done. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fun race. We got to talk a little bit at the first Kalamazoo clash uh, back in June, I believe it was. How proud are you, uh, and, and how proud does it make you, um, how how successful your son is in becoming, and he wants to get involved in this as well, and because and, he won again too, that's got to be that's got to be great for you and your family. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And honestly, this year with the deal with the tires, like it, in the, it's probably not Hoosier's fault, but I mean they can't build them fast enough. Everybody's wanting tires. Nobody can get tires, and then everybody's scrambling and it kind of slowed my racing program this year because of that. And then with Brock, he's, he's going racing in the street stock and he's doing pretty good. So it's kind of, it's kind of filling the void that I have for racing. I'm not done racing at all, but like when he goes out and wins, I win. So it kind of, it kind of fuels the fire for me. So, I mean, it, we've had a pretty good year. He's won, I think, nine features this year, and I've I've only raced a handful of times. But I'm having just as much fun going with him and winning than trying to scramble around, find tires. And, and the tires we're getting this year, to be honest, there's nobody that can tell you they're good. And, and I got, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you. You know, I the kind of kind of rolling on how sweet this is for you i mean a lot of people know you you know you had a pretty bad motorcycle accident a few years ago and um i mean they it, it could have been a lot worse jeff everybody knows that and and do you appreciate now going to the racetrack uh more and more after that oh sure like i tell my wife like when after that all happened i'm like you know what i take life for granted because i would have never thought that would have been me and we're lucky to be alive. So, uh, yeah, for sure. I want to get back into uh, the Super Shoe race for you specifically, and I want to build off of something that Rich said earlier. He said, uh, you know, Jeff, you got to roll in there with confidence. I just want to point out that you lapped all the way up through eighth position, and you still turned lap times good enough to run over 103.2 miles per hour <laughs> while under race trim, 13.080. I mean, you are just moving around Kalamazoo. What is it about you and that bull ring that just mesh so well together under under any circumstance? 
Um, man, I tell you what, I got a lot of laughs at Kalamazoo, and we've had pretty good success there over the years. And I mean, between the notebook, just Kalamazoo Speedway, like being able to be there as much, and we race there as much as we can. I mean, it's just it just clicks. It, it fits the style. Well, uh, Jeff, this is a big win to uh, to kind of put a cap on what we would call the end of the season, but I don't know if that's so much the case for you. I know M40's got something planned. I've seen you there before as well. Uh, what, what, you got anything left on the 2021 calendar? Um, I think we're going to go to uh, Springport for sure in two weeks. Uh, M40 kind of threw something out there the last minute, and we actually have plans this weekend, so I kind of doubt we'll be there. I mean, I'm hoping they uh, have a good car count and good turnout. So, Jeff, what? Yeah, you. Um, we were talking about your son Brock. What? What's his plans for next year? You're going to start moving, maybe him up into into the late model sportsman because I know you had three cars, right? Yeah, um, he actually drives for uh, Chris Chris Terry, and I think we're. We're going to put him in a sportsman next year and then maybe do a little bit with the street stock. I don't want to get rid of the street stock deal because that class is so competitive. Like, they don't get recognized enough, but there is so much talent in that class. And they are, like, honestly, I don't know if it's because I kind of slowed down racing this year, but that class is so competitive. I'd like to keep him in that, but then uh, – We'll probably we'll probably do like a sportsman, something like that. I know you said you want to keep driving, but are you looking toward the future of just being a crew chief sometime in the near future? Or I mean, or do you see yourself staying behind the wheel for quite some time? Well, to be honest with you, if if we don't get a tire that we can race on and take back to the track the following week and be able to at least practice on it, I can't afford to buy two sets of tires every weekend to practice and qualify on. But, I mean, hopefully everything gets under control. But, I mean, if we got to buy two sets of tires to go to the racetrack to run, uh, like, an economy tire, I'm, I mean, I don't see it being being very good for me. For sure. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you when we can. I know sometimes it's hard, but, uh, uh, you know, nice job on everything you've accomplished this year, including a big Super Shoe Nationals win uh, to close out the Kalamazoo Speedway season. Uh, I guess, uh, why not? Let's give you a chance to uh, mention some of those guys that end up on the side of that race car for you. Yeah, uh, Kenny Whitman, uh, Whitman Auto Sales, uh, Duco Performance, Adam, Terry, and Chris, they help us out a bunch. GT Products, uh, Satori Salon, um, just everybody that helps out. I mean, we couldn't do it without sponsors, obviously. I mean, this sport is so expensive and it's so addictive. And without them guys, I mean, I don't know what we'd do. That's Jeff Gannis. He's the Super Suit Shoot. Uh, let me try that again. He is the Super Shoe Nationals, say that five times fast, I dare you, uh, champion this year. Uh, Jeff, congratulations, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, that's going to wrap things up for tonight, Rich France, but we got a big weekend of racing still to come. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The Jags CRA All-Stars Tour will be in action this Saturday from Lucas Oil Raceway. What a beautiful facility. i got to tell you, if you've never been to Lucas Oil Raceway, Indianapolis, 
go for the drive. Uh, it's just on the south side, I believe, of Indianapolis. And uh, what a beautiful racetrack that is, and really good racing. I went there last year for my first time. Great shows, and it's going to be another great show this weekend. Jeg CRA All-Stars Tour, they have the headliner. Then, of course, it's the uh, Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stock and uh, Street Stocks and the Vores Welding Late Model Sportsman will be in action as well. I do believe Lucas Oil Raceway is uh, bringing a couple of other divisions as well. I should have... Uh, had that prepared for you. I think maybe we're looking at uh, some modifies joining the program this weekend for the Algaier Performance Fall Brawl. Uh, it's really going to be a lot of fun. Hope you can get out there and enjoy that. And uh, take a little drive on Saturday, Rich. It'll be a nice show. Well, you know, Zach, if it wasn't for... We, remember the spectacular weather we had last week with five inches of rain yeah. over two days? Yeah. Okay. Well, my and my golf league scramble the end of the year party that we had was canceled last week ah. they moved th so they rescheduled it it's going to be a beautiful day but they scheduled it on this friday coming up so that's going to give me a hard time and then i have a tea time for sunday so i don't know how i can get down to indy and back between saturday morning and saturday night I just want to ver be. I just want to clarify. By the way, Vores Touring Compacts will be in action alongside uh, the CRA. So, really, four fantastic races: forty laps for the late model sportsmen, thirty laps for the Vores Tours, uh, Vores Touring Compacts. Of course, one hundred laps for the Jeg CRA All Stars Tour, and forty laps for the Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stocks. Going to be a great weekend. Yep. You know what? I'm. I'm. But we. Let's we can tease a little bit, right? What we got coming up? Uh, well, let me say after, this too. I don't want to leave M40 off the list, uh, but let me make sure I mention M40 this weekend. Uh, they'll be racing as well uh, as they have their Border Wars. Racing starts at five with a full show of must-see sprints, uh, sprint lights, and then they have the front-wheel drive ABCs and rear-wheel drive ABCs will be in action as well. So uh, they're going to have some fun at M40. But yes, Rich, I know that you're looking forward just a couple of weeks. Yeah, look. Looking forward just a couple weeks, uh, just so people can make some plans if they want to go and get, you know, plan on heading out to the racetrack. There's still some more racing in our area. Uh, USAC Silver Crown Series, Sunday, October 10th. Uh, that's the USAC Silver Crown Season Championship uh, will be taking place 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's an afternoon race. You can go to ToledoSpeedway.com to get all the information. We'll also crown the late model sportsman division champion and the factory stock champion for Toledo Speedway's weekly divisions. We'll crown those as well on Sunday, October 10th. And then a week after that, Zach, uh, we're going to take a trip down to the Winchester 400 and the Winchester Speedway. Looking forward to that as well. It's going to be a great uh, month of October. We've got races every weekend in some capacity, uh, including the Roll of the Dice is coming up at I-96 Speedway. That's a big weekend of racing as well. As Rich mentioned, Winchester 400. And then uh, we'll get a, a break there. I believe, and then we'll have the All-American 400 to close out the 2021 season at Nashville Fairground Speedway. So uh, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. want to send a big thanks out to Chad Finlay for making time for us. I messaged him today, and he said, I kind of thought that was coming. <laughs> uh, he did a nice job over the weekend. Appreciate Ed Inlows joining us tonight. We'll have to see if we can get him on the program a couple of more times. Also want to say thanks to Jeff Gannis. Thanks to my partner, Rich France, for joining us. And, of course, uh, to Scott Menlin, who pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings. And I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in. Until next week, you've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.